Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to tackle some of the uh, the results and happenings uh, in the college and high school wrestling world uh, this week. Uh, Coach Briggs, we are we are at uh, real fun time of the year, really, when it comes to to all levels. Exactly. Particularly at high school, obviously, with the culmination of their season, uh, boys high school, the, uh, the uh, you know, for some, the highlight was the district tournament in, in that, and we'll talk about this, you know, some that, that qualified, just qualifying in, in itself is, is their mountain that they, they got to land on top of. And that's the, you know, where the, you know, they're, not that they're not going to go down and compete, but, you know, they may not, they might be a lower seed, you know, high high teens in the 20s or whatever and and uh you know there's still a chance of placing isn't real great so they're kind of happy to just have qualified and then the other ones obviously want to land on top of that podium well you know the the interesting thing is uh and it's not just wrestling there are a lot of sports where the more probably the most uh tense and maybe the most nerve-wracking part isn't isn't getting or isn't being at state, it's getting there. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know talking to, to baseball players and and stuff that that district or sub state final was was you know tougher to to get through than actually going down and competing at state. There's a sense of okay, we're there now. It's now let's see how far you can go. You know, instead of oh, I got to get there. Um, obviously, there are elite competitors that aren't phased by that on either side. But, um, but like you said, for the most part, there are some people that getting there uh, was the the biggest hurdle. Now it's going down there, and uh, you know, a little icing on the cake maybe um, for them. Right, and uh, and kudos to the Iowa High School Athletic Association for bumping up the qualifiers from. 16 to 24. Uh, yes, some of those lower seeds are not going to have much of a chance to place, but you'll see a lot that will bust through and will place. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so that kind of helps even more enjoy that. Uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and it doesn't hurt the, the association either because now it maybe bumps up your, your attendance totals and so, so forth. <laughs> so it's a, it's a win-win all the way around. Now the college is a little ways away from, from the national qualifiers and stuff, but there's still a lot of, uh, Action on the mat here this last weekend. Um, you know, uh, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I having big duels. Let's start with uh, the big one in Iowa City. Uh, number one, Penn State. Number three, Iowa last Friday. Um, this, this was a second straight lopsided loss that Iowa suffered. Um you know, I can't remember any time that I've covered, you know, I started covering, you know, 2009, 2010. I can't remember any type of discussion before an Iowa duel wondering when was the last time they got shut out? Um, because it was, it was a legit question. I mean, with uh, the way... Penn State and Iowa matched up. Iowa coming off the loss to to Michigan, um, but 
Iowa got a couple win, big wins from uh, Drake Ayala and Caleb Rachi. Uh, but other than that, it was all Penn State. Right. And uh, two things. One, on, on that point, you're right. You and I discussed that last last podcast that there was very much possibility of Iowa you know, not getting blanked and not winning a match. Now, we, we both, I think, picked two wins, and that's where it ended up with the possibility of more and obviously less. Uh, you know, so that's that's not even a surprise. But the, the kids, the kids that, that did wrestle, you know, I, uh, and then the second point was, what made this even more of a, a bizarre uh, a thing was the, the dual meet score before the Iowa Penn State meet with with, with Nebraska. Really oh, yeah. Putting it to Michigan. So Iowa beats Nebraska pretty good. Nebraska beats Michigan pretty good. And Michigan beats Iowa pretty good. And so it's <laughs> like, I'm scratching my head going, what's going on here? So just make it make sense, right? Yeah. And, uh, so, <laughs> And I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, you know, other than you know, Penn State's heads and above everyone, and then those three now are beating their heads against each other. So, uh, you know, that's it was kind of crazy, you know. But uh, back to the Iowa meet, yeah, it, you know, there's some. I thought the Iowa competed though. You know, it, it's the, yeah. you know, they're out there at least shooting and trying to, to you know, compete as much as you can against that stellar lineup. Like that yeah. might be the best ever. We'll see. You know, I. I thought, uh, you know, I certainly thought, like, Blazier, uh, you know, held his own. That was one where not even a win, just to see how, you know, he could stand in there with uh, with Brooks. You know, scoreless first, gave up a takedown, uh, I think, in the second. Ended up losing 5-1, to one, um, I believe. I think he... Showed he could hang in there a little bit. Um, you know, I, I know Patrick Kennedy gave up a major decision, but, you know, uh, and this is one of the reasons why I like Patrick Kennedy. You know, he he's a guy that he'll keep going. He's not backing down from anybody. He kept going after, kept battling with Starochi all the way to the end. Um, you know, I saw a little bit of the fight from Caliendo, um, even though he got – you know, he got in a big early hole and stuff, but he, you know, he fought off a major, um, you know, and obviously Rachi and Ayala wrestled well, um, you know, but the rest of them, you know, it was, I thought it was a little lackluster. I expected a little bit more and I'm not sure why, because Penn State's been doing this to everybody. Right. And you're right. I think those are the matches that I was in my mind agreeing with that, that at least they competed. And, and I'd even throw in Riggins. I mean, Riggins is an unranked yes. wrestler yes. that's just getting out there. And, and he made Truex to me look ho hum. He looked, you know, Truex was one time ranked second. He's now sixth, or, you know, but you know, there's a guy that was ranked second in the nation that, you know, had, had uh, Kaizen on the ropes in that all star meet. And, that's uh, right. And uh, so, you know, he, so Riggins hung in there and wrestled tough with him, I thought. You know, obviously he didn't, didn't win and actually didn't even score a point. But, but uh, I'm going to at least give him a little love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, I agree there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the, the two that did win. Uh, you know, Ayala's coming off that tough loss to uh, 
Michael uh, D'Agostino. Um, Davis is, has been uh, wrestling really re- well. He was unbeaten until that match. Um, but the slide by, the early slide by for a takedown, that was just key because you could just kind of see Ayala settle in like, okay, now he's got to come to me. Um, you know, and just stayed in control. And, you know, um, I don't know if Davis has a dynamic offense to where, you know, he can take a top guy down two or three times in a match. And, right. You know, and, and I, I agree with that slide by that was really beautiful. And I was looking for it later on in the match, but <laughs> I don't think the pressure was there. And it was good that he didn't force it. But because he hit that one, I think it put Davis in a defensive mode in that respect and wasn't sure. wasn't able to you know to penetrate really. And Ayala did a great job of fending off and and look you know looking busy and and uh, really yep. there was no not anything really close on that. I didn't think uh, in terms of it, Davis getting a takedown. So yeah, mm-hmm. good match, and that's good with they you know, coming off those losses too. Yeah, and that's one of the things Tom Brand said afterwards. Uh, he needed that. That that was a win he needed. You know, uh, it's always good to have a short memory, and and having success helps kind of erase some of those uh, uh, thoughts and memories from from when you're not successful. And I think that was a perfect uh, answer after last week. Um, but what about Caleb Rachi? Uh, you know, uh, I I believe Iowa had five takedowns in the whole duel and he had three of them. Uh, you know, uh, Tyler Kasich, they uh, removed his red shirt. Um, you know, he's filling in after uh, Van Ness uh, was hurt and was lost for the season. So this was his uh, first out of red shirt, I guess. And boy, uh, uh, Rachi was strong and on the attack early. Uh, you know, I, Tom Brands kind of mentioned it looked like he was fading. Um, that was that was my thought. Like, oh man, he kind of uh, left it all out there, and he hit a smooth, really explosive high crotch there, and in sudden victory, was able to kind of limp arm and finish. Um, but you know that. Okay, so. I, I hate the term Iowa style. I understand what what it's referring to, obviously, growing up and watching, you know, some of those cable teams and the relentless, aggressive, punishing kind of style. But wrestling has evolved to the point where that's not that's not necessarily the most successful style, right? But I think what Rachi showed that a lot of people think about Iowa style is just the the continue, you know, just gut check, keep, you know, staying on your offense, you know, going at it, going at it, digging deep, winning late. And I think he did that. And I think that showed what I think a lot of people are missing. Mm-hmm. You know, when when people are complaining about the what they're seeing on the mat, I think it's that kind of style that they haven't seen a lot. You see it from Glazier, 
Um, in certain matches, you get from Kennedy, you know, Kelly Endo, but um, I don't think you see that consistently up and down the lineup to where they're being offensive, being aggressive, you know, getting multiple shots in. I think he showed that form of Iowa style. I would agree. Yeah, 100%. Being able to, because he had basically a takedown every period, first, second, and third period. And I think they were all high crotches. The, uh, the, the downside of that match was he gave up two takedowns in, in the third period, which leads to everyone thinking, uh oh, he's fading. And, yeah. uh, and then he dug deep and got that, that third takedown for 11 8 win. But, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, so yeah, exactly. Pouring it on. And, 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 you know, when it's a tight match, winning it at the end, and when it's not a tight match, you know, building it and getting majors and tech balls and such, you know, that's that's what I, I think a lot of people think of as when they hear the Iowa style. Now, back-to-back uh, team losses that, you know, they were down 15 nothing before they even got their first win against Michigan, <laughs> losing eight bouts to Penn State. Is this something to be concerned about? You know, or is it just a bump in the road and, you know, you just kind of learn and move on? Well, I think personally, learn to move on. And I think they, you know, realistically, Iowa and Iowa coaches will never say this, but they have to set their goals at being number two. (laughs) I just think that Penn State's that good. They're that deep. They're a great dual and tournament team. Uh, Maybe even a better tournament team than dual team, (laughs) if that's possible. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, so not that they're going to say, all right, let's go get second place, but they've got to kind of keep their eye on that as, you know, as, as a, the goal, maybe. And if, if the opportunity for first opens up, yeah, jump all over it. But you do that by taking care of each of the 10 individuals that you're going to put out on the mat, making sure their head and their physical and their, and their, uh, their um, technique is down and, and their weight and their nutrition is all under, under control and all those, those things. So, um, yeah, so you, you, I mean, right now you just put it behind you and you learn from it and, and move forward. Uh, this weekend they, they faced Wisconsin and no, no offense to Wisconsin, but, uh, quite a different, um, challenge compared to, uh, last Friday and even, uh, Michigan with, uh, uh, their team the week before. So things should, uh, kind of get ironed out. Um, before they uh, head down to Oki State the week after that. Uh, senior day, um, where they'll honor, uh, you know, some seniors like Real Woods. Um, even though I think Blazier can come back for COVID year, I believe. Uh, I'm sure he'll be, uh, you know, part of that. Frenick, uh a senior as well, you know, so uh, – an opportunity to to kind of honor some of those seniors in the lineup and even, you know, the room guys that uh, are, are key parts of uh, the machine there. Uh, you got to have those guys in the room. And uh, a lot of times they're not getting the, you know, the, the immediate payback or, or whatever, you know, with competition and wins and stuff like that, but they're doing it. Um, and working just as hard as anybody else. So be a great opportunity to for fans and and the staff and, and everybody to acknowledge their efforts. KJ, will they be able to honor 
the the uh, wrestlers that w- lost their season in the gambling, uh, you know, the Br- Nelson Brands and Cassiope. And- you know, I I think they should be. Uh, I think they should be able to. I think they will, just because the they're still on the roster. Um, they could compete at open competitions. Um, so if those if those athletes are still around, uh, I believe they can still honor, you know, guys like Nelson Brands, Tony Cassiope, who are still um, around the team and and in the practice room. Right, and and uh, I think so- Abasad may have graduated and left. Right. I think I saw pictures of him going through a graduation ceremony, um, and I haven't heard much about him going forward. So I don't know if he's still working out with the team and and stuff. Same with Brendan. I know Brendan Swafford's still there. I would hope those those kids that they are recognized the 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 Iowa fans and audiences would audience would stand up and give them a just a huge ovation because man i'm feeling for those guys that's just it's just a bad thing yeah so agreed agreed um let's move over to uh uh ames sunday super bowl sunday you had the uh, iowa state you and i duel um first i want to preface this with what what a weird schedule for you and I having to go to Riverside, California on Friday, uh, turn around and come back to Iowa. Um, I believe they, they didn't take everybody to Cal Baptist for that duel. Um, kind of heard how that played out where, uh, originally you and I, uh, was planning a trip out West to wrestle Cal Poly and Cal Baptist on the same kind of weekend trip. Um, and then, uh, I think Carol Baptist kind of kind of backed out or or something to where that wasn't going to be able to work, and then their competition date fell on this Friday, and you and I didn't really have much choice. So uh, just kind of a scheduling uh, uh, fluke caused this, but you and I went out to Cal Baptist and won handily, um, and then got back to Ames for that duel on on Sunday, but, uh, uh, six, four split matches, but Iowa state with a lot of bonus points in in their victory to win, uh, what was it? 27, 14. Right. And, uh, as, as far as the travel was concerned, I think I heard, uh, coach Swab say that, uh, he's got to do a better job of, of, uh, the scheduling issue. And, 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 uh, you know, he was taking, a little bit, a little bit of the, the, not credit, but the, the, the uh, heat for that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, for himself, you know, so good, you know, good for him. And, uh, you know, if it's one of those things that just happened, it, 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 I don't know how you combat it, but boy, that was not an ideal at all for, we talked about that at the last, on the last, last podcast that it was not ideal yeah. at all for, for uh, you and I, and even if you didn't travel, now you're separated from your team. If you go into practices that you're going to have, you know, when the other the team's away from you, now you're, you're it, it just changes the the the, uh, the dynamic dynamic in the room, and, and it's just a, it's not a good thing at all. So, yeah, that was that was not bad, but you know, you and I did a nice job in some matches. Um, 
you know, Downey and Chittam, well, that was the, the match I was looking forward to uh, mm -hmm. at, uh, at 57. And it didn't disappoint. That's that's ranked, uh, I think, Downey's 11th and Chittam was 10th. So right there, they're both with each other. Uh, you know, Downey got a third period near fall to win it. And, and uh, it, it was 12 to 9 was the score. So lots of points on the board. So Yeah, right. Fun match if you're, you know, a, a Downey fan. Uh, not maybe so much if you're Chittam, but it's a good match to watch and be entertained with. So. Yeah, and even uh, you know at 125, Trevor Anderson. Um, I think I think that's a a good win for him. That's something that could really spring, kind of propel him forward. Um, getting that win over uh, Terrakina in sudden victory. Did you happen to see the scramble at the no. end? Oh my gosh, it was so crazy. It was a, that was in sudden victory. The, the scramble it was like, okay. Tyson has it. No, Trevor has it. No, no, back and forth. And it ended up with uh, Trevor just, he, he did a, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat sort of thing and, and got the takedown and, and, uh, and to win it in overtime, eight to five. Good match. Now, one of the things, uh, so Evan Frost, uh, obviously, uh, uh, very good on Sunday. Uh, surprised to see that he had a technical fall over Farber who I, I really do like. Um, you know, Swiderski with a technical fall, David Carr with a technical fall, uh, MJ Gatton with a 10-2 major uh, at 174, and then Younger Bastida with a technical fall. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veer off onto a subject here really quick. Um, with the three-point takedown, they, they need to change the uh, – the thresholds for these bonus point um, levels. Um, eight, eight, eight points is just too, too easy now. Um, even 15, you know, I, I think they, I think they need to go to a, a 10, uh, 10, 17 or 18 type model of uh, 10 for a major, 17 or 18 for a tech ball, maybe 17. But um, I, I think we're seeing a lot of these, and it's becoming too easy to hit that mark in, in certain matchups. Right. I mean, two takedowns and escape and a riding time is a, is a tech ball, you know, eight to zero. You know, mm -hmm. I agree. That's just too easy. I, I was thinking that in Iowa meet when we were discussing Iowa meet. It was almost said that. So, you're reading that. and uh you know it's just it was just i for sure the major for sure the major the tech fall should should also move as well i think but but the major is just too darn easy and, and we knew that we said that right off the bat there's gonna be a whole lot the, the major and technical fall records are gonna go <laughs> gonna go off the board to, you know the previous ones because they're gonna, they're gonna blast through those so you know on individual teams and such um one of one of the uh, uh, big wins for Iowa State uh, at one forty one, uh, Anthony uh, Echemendia in the lineup uh, edges uh, Kale Happel nine to six, uh, so number nine over number six depending on what rankings you can use. Um, that's what Iowa State had, um, but that's a uh, that's a big win for for Iowa State for Echemendia. Right, and that was another third period takedown. Uh, 
that that I went there for for Etchemendia and uh, and uh, you know so you had you had that third period takedown in that match you had the third period takedown or near fall in the uh, uh, in the Downey Chittam match and then you had the sudden victory uh, win for you and I at 20, uh, 25. so a lot of close matches in those first four or five matches. Um. And- Adam Aronson uh, took the mat at heavyweight, younger Bastida. You know, that's, boy, two two totally different levels, but Bastida took care of business. Um, for Iowa State, if you had to point at somebody and, and say kind of the wrestler of the duel for, for them, who would you point to? Well, I mean, because of strength of, of wrestler, I, I would go Etchemendia over Happel. But Bastida is just continues to impress. He's so darn good. Uh, I, I don't think this was much of a challenge for him. But uh, right. because of that, and obviously David Carr. I mean, David Carr is David Carr. But uh, Etchemendia, I think, probably gets my vote. Okay. All right. Uh, certainly between him and, and Frost. Just Frost's dominance over a, a good Farber, too. I think uh, it's close, but no, you nailed it right on the head. Edgemondia with that win over Apple has been wrestling so well. What about uh, what about for you and I? Is it uh, Anderson? You know, Wyatt Volker Volker with a uh, takedown to to win at one ninety seven. I think that's his fifth straight uh, victory, which includes wins over Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Um, Cal Baptist, Iowa State, West Virginia, I think is in there. Goes all the way back to uh, dropping a match to uh, a ranked uh, Utah Valley kid. So Wyatt Volker's been wrestling well. You know, Keck Eisen with a, a major over, uh, you know, Peyton Ockerborn, who we we both think will have a really good future coming up. But for you and I, who do you have? Uh, actually, Kekaisen's win was a Tech Fall over yep. uh, Born. The uh, so uh, again, Kekaisen's you know put him in the uh, David Carr category. He's just looked phenomenal this year, and he just keeps getting better and better. And I hope that guy doesn't doesn't stumble or anything along the way. You know how neat would that be to have an undefeated uh, season national champ? That'd be so cool. Maybe I. Shouldn't even say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Knock on wood. You got wood around. I do. Knock yeah. on wood. Throw some salt over your shoulder. Something. So, uh, but <laughs> you know, but my my uh, vote goes to Ryder Downey if that went over Chittam. Oh, you know. So I'm going to go with with Downey. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly there. So, what do you think the biggest takeaways are if you're Kevin Dresser and and Doug Schwab? Uh, well, if you're, if you're dresser, keep it rolling, man. Cause they're, they're ranked fourth in the nation right now and doing well. Obviously they lost a couple of close ones in this. That's going to happen. You know, get, get with those athletes and the other athletes and talk through that and, and, uh, be able to, you know, it, that was just a scramble that landed heads up for Anderson at, at 25. So credit both of those wrestlers for being in that position. And it's just a great little scramble there. Um, and then, uh, you know, so I, I would say just keep, you know, you're heading in the right direction. You're doing things well. For you and I, you, you won four out of the 10 matches. You know, that's something to hang your hat on. You had a couple of upsets along there, mild ones or whatever. And uh, um, so, you know, build on that. 
you know, UNI has a, whole, a couple of more holes in their lineup maybe than Iowa State. Uh, you know, so their you know, their goals may be a little different. You know, Iowa State's looking for a top three or four finish in the nation. I think UNI is probably looking for a top ten finish. You know, that they would be excited for that. So uh, just keep your eye on that goal. Now here here's a question. You you kind of touched on it. Iowa State fourth in the dual rankings. Uh, we've seen you know them challenge Iowa. Um, you know, Oklahoma State um, was a little bit uh, of a cushion there, but um, is Iowa State set up more for dual competition, or is this a team that could make a charge at, at the you know top five um, in the tournament format as well? Uh, I think they have a, a shot at a top five finish. Okay. Uh, whether they'll do it or not, I mean, Carr can win it. I think but Basita can win it. Yeah. Uh, Etchum is wrestling really well right now. Frost is wrestling well right now. Um, you know, I just, if you get, you know, if you get Terakina going and Swiderski, I think could, he's, you know, he's back in the, he and Chittam are back in there and, and, and uh, those guys can also be place winners as well. So I think they have a run at the top five. Uh, and, and, you know, they need to do a good job at the big 12 because, you know, that's going to set them up for a higher <laughs> seed. They can, you know, knock off some of those Oklahoma state and other uh, guys in the, in the conference. Uh, you know, that would put them at a higher seed and make their route to that, to that uh, podium a little bit easier. Maybe. Yeah. And you know, you could, you could possibly, uh, you know, get, get a little bit of a run depending on matchups from Swiderski and, and Chittum, uh, you know, to, to kind of support big points from Carr, Bastida, you know, and what have you. And having that type of, of balance and everybody contributing, you know, points, mm -hmm. you know, that, that could lift them over you know, another, another team that's kind of right in uh, the hunt with them, you know, kind of on that level, you know, like a Virginia Tech or, you know, Cornell or, or, or Michigan or what have you kind of in that tier um, of teams after Penn State, Oklahoma State, Iowa, you know, uh, NC State even. Even so, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, Nebraska as well. Yeah. So Missouri, you yeah. know, so it's going to be a, a dog fight there. I think uh, from two to ten, um, you know. So hey, does I forget? Does does Iowa State? They they have uh, do they wrestle Missouri next, or is that you and I? Uh, I, um, I believe I believe it's. Uh, I think it's Iowa State, but uh, okay. Uh, let me let me double check on. I think on it's really but my quick. point is, is that if it's uh, Iowa State and Missouri, ooh, we got a we got a match. To look forward to at one sixty five then. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, looking at what's uh, it's actually uh, you've got uh, the same weekend. Um, 
Missouri makes a trip through Iowa. It's February 23rd at UNI, and then February 25th at Ames. So Friday, Sunday of that weekend, Missouri will hit the McLeod Center and then Hilton. Um, There, so that'll be... That's the weekend after uh, uh, the state wrestling in the morning. So you got uh, a week and a week and a half before those pop up. Well, I gotta believe that David Carr has had this on his calendar that day on <laughs> since maybe March. You yeah, think? I'm thinking. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that that'll that'll be a good one there and. Uh, in Ames. Is that the, that's probably Iowa State's last home duel too, isn't it? So a lot of things on the line for David. Yep. Yeah. Could you you imagine uh the emotions that could be running through there uh you know senior day is last uh home duel, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um and of course they're off until that day. Uh the last chance open that they that they host has been canceled. Um for this Sunday. So um, they're just getting ready for Missouri and then the big 12s after that. So KJ, I have a question. Sure. Uh, So I know a lot of people have asked me, and so I think you have more insight on it than I do. So I'm going to go back to Iowa meet uh, with Keeter that was thrown in at heavyweight. A lot of people are questioning why that is. And and so uh, um, tell me about the, the uh, a wrestler needs to get so many matches to be considered for what? Okay, so this is my understanding. Um, you know that uh, you know with the wild wild card allocations, and there was a year where there were some individuals that only wrestled like one or two times during the regular season, yet they were still uh eligible for at-larges if they didn't get the automatic, one of the automatic bursts at their conference qualifier. So now you have to, you have to have so many matches. I I think it might be like six, five, five or six matches maybe. You at least have to get that many matches in to be able to qualify for an at-large bid um, if you don't get an automatic bursts. Or to be factored into the conferences, uh, automatic the uh, national uh, birth allocations. Allocations. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so when they go through and see where your your starters for your conference uh, wrestlers are and where they're ranked, and they decide, okay. 180 or 174 in or 165 in in the Big 12 should get six automatic bursts. Um, factoring in O'Toole, uh, Carr, you know, and whoever else you know stands out there. Um, mm-hmm. in the Big 12, if you don't have so many matches in by the time. Uh, they get to that point, they can't factor you in. So if David Carr only had two matches, say, going into the Big 12 tournament or when they decide on the allocations, 
Um, he he's not factored in as one of those guys that have earned an automatic berth for your conference. Right. So now you've got six quality wrestlers vying for one less spot because he doesn't have enough matches. If that makes sense, right? And so to me, what you just said is the the five or six matches that they have to get in is kind of a buffer to make sure that the kid isn't hurt and really still hurt. Oh. And just getting him in on that, you know, like he went out and wrestled a match and and uh, against a, a low a no no ranked guy and you know had an easy win and now he's going to get this allocation and, and he's still hurt and is probably just going to flame you know, flame out anyway. Uh, so mm -hmm. that makes sense. The, so I'm going to go back to the Keter situation. So Keter has two matches. If he were to, so that, and the reason what made me think about this was the last chance open. Would he have, would we have seen him wrestling that to get to, to that five match threshold or whatever it is? Do you think that that's a good, that's a good question. Um, and if there's any other, I don't know if there's any other opens, you know, that's where like the, the Jimmy Fox or, or the debut goal, you know, stuff like that comes into play. If there are D1 wrestlers that are there, you know, um, but that, that'd be a good question to see if, uh, you know, he could go there and, and get those matches in instead, you know, we we talked about it. you said uh you said you thought Keter was gonna go and I was like there's no chance. I just I just thought that they were set on Hill. Um I thought if they were gonna go with Keter, he would have been uh the guy that went against Michigan. Mm -hmm. And since they sent Hill out there, I just figured, okay, well, they're gonna go with Hill and uh redshirt Keter, and now I don't know. And, uh, you know, he went out against Kirk Follette. Uh, I'm guessing he's got to go the next two because Hill's already got his, you know, his wins, his his matches under his belt. Um, I'm guessing Keeter's got to go the rest of the way in case they want to use him. Right. And I think – Or that, maybe the result from Friday showed, you know, maybe that, that, maybe it's better to redshirt him. I'm not sure. I, that's what I was just going to say. If, if we see him in the lineup from here on out, they're going with him. If we yeah. don't, th that match last uh, Friday told them what they wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Not ready. At least not yeah. ready for, the, for what they were hoping for. Right. Right. So uh, I hope that clears it up. You know, that's my understanding. Yeah, that's good. Good explanation. Thank you on that. Um, and like we said, Iowa or Iowa State, you and I, uh, they're off until those, uh, uh, those duels with, uh, Missouri. Again, at you and I on the 23rd, at Iowa State on the 25th, uh, you and I's last duel, uh, is a home duel against Wisconsin on the 25th. So, um. They'll get two duels in that weekend before the Big 12s on March 9th and 10th. Um, and we can talk about those later. Um, a couple uh, uh, results from uh, the D3 um, competition. The or go ahead. Go ahead. The, the Bremner Cup. That's what I was just going to yeah. say. With the, the Cole versus Cornell, that's always a big one in, in any sport. And that's a neat 
that's a neat rivalry that they have and and uh you know that uh that they've kind of vied for that and made that a, a, a big deal however i think cole co has kind of owned that at least in a lot of sports uh i, I don't know yeah. about the you know i have to put, put them all together with how it's been, gone but i know co's kind of owned it in, in football and i think even in basketball and certainly in wrestling uh, they owned it this this year as well, uh, thirty to fourteen over Cornell. Though Cornell was pretty competitive and uh, did a nice job. They got how uh, they get one, uh, th three wins. So three, three wins, bonus points, and uh, two of them. Right, and I was I was a bit surprised at eighty four, uh, a little bit, very uh, much so. Yeah, Kale McLaren has been wrestling very very well for Cornell. Won the last tournament he was in and. And uh, he he he's ranked number fourteenth, beat number twelve, Jared Voss, uh, who has not been wrestling particularly well this you know recently. Though he's had you know tougher competition with with uh, with McLaren and then with Hortberg, but he got the result was that he got pinned, and that's what surprised me. Yes. So, yeah. 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 Seeing seeing that it was a a fall, that's what kind uh, of. Open the eyes a little bit there, right? So uh, hopefully both those guys can get qualified and get into the national tournament. And, and uh, uh, you know, of course, we're familiar with the Voss family and very fond of them. So best of luck to, to Jared there. Uh, he's been officiating out uh, whenever he's able to get out there. And you know, you don't see that very much in a college athlete that's that's out officiating on you know on maybe on a Sunday or whatever when when he has a day off. They like to sit down and relax a little bit and kind of recover but no he's out there giving back so that's that's a neat thing um you know uh a few of the, a few of the results uh you know this this is much closer than the uh uh the national duels duel uh, i think we uh recognized uh that was um Cornell was a little shorthanded, you know, in Cedar Falls for uh, for that one. So this one uh, closer, but um, you got uh, um, some key wins uh, for Coe as well. Matthew Arsenal at 197 uh, with a win over Trey Steffen, 7-5. Um, you know, Will S. Moyle with a pin. At 165, you know, uh, uh, I think he's really uh, positioned himself well for for a run here um, in the postseason. I think uh, Bryce Park uh, won by technical fall as Dresden Grimm at 33 and 41. Um, you know, Gabe Smith for Cornell a technical fall over uh, Dylan Falk at 57. So. Uh, I, I think the two teams have some uh, really strong individuals that will be interesting to watch at the regional tournament, the Lion Energy Powerhouse here, coming up in a little bit. Right, and you mentioned uh, uh, two two matches in particular. Arsenal was eleventh uh, ranked, got a nice win over Stefan, sixteenth ranked, and you know eighty four and ninety seven were the two matches where you had ranked wrestlers going against each other, and then and then uh, Gabe Smith also ranked sixteenth from Cornell at. 57 over Dylan Falk from uh, Cove slash Kennedy. Uh, uh, but he, he had a, a technical fall win. So that was impressive. And that, and we've been listening to the coaches talk highly of, of Smith. I think he's from Idaho. If 
Mountain West, Northwest, uh, uh, one of the states out there. I'm not, I can't remember now which one it is. Uh, anyway, uh, and I believe he's only a sophomore too. Uh, could be wrong there, but but still pretty young there. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that how, how well he does. So good, good. You know, both sides of the of the of the mat, they're really pulling for a lot of their guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe Coast still has a, a conference duel with Dubuque um, left on the slate. I'm not sure about that's on uh, Friday, KJ. Okay, so this Friday. Yep. Kind of tough. I always kind of wonder. Um, I, I know they can't, you know, they can't really change a lot, or, uh, you know, they can't let high school schedules dictate. But it, it, it just kind of, um, it, it just kind of surprises me that uh, they would they would have a competition during. The state tournament, you know, I think coaches would want to try to avoid that so they can go down and watch some, uh, watch some of the recruits and maybe even kind of keep an eye out for some other people that may not be on their yeah. radar. Um, now you got me thinking, I, I'm pretty sure it's Friday. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that as well. Now that you say that, that's uh, kind of unusual. Maybe it's the following Friday, but uh, <laughs> well, I know. I'll double I'll double check, but I'm I'm sure you're I'm sure you're correct. Um okay. you know, because there for years the Big Ten would schedule Iowa for a home duel on the you know state semifinal Friday, and it's like, really? Come on, man. Um it's Thursday actually, so same same difference. The 15, okay. you know, yeah. uh still in the middle of the state yeah. tournament, but um, you know. You, you got to get them in when you can. I mean, there are other things to, to factor in. So not to mention, uh, I know coaches are down there all the time anyway. They'll be there during the days. So um, the, uh, I know Cornell is off until the 20th, and then they wrestle Augustana. Uh, okay. And then uh, Loris, Luther, Warburg, they're all off until regionals, which makes sense. You know, you kind of want that buffer period. To, one, to get healthy if you need to. Uh, yep. to get everything under control and so that's nice to have that for those schools um and then uh warburg beat uh loris uh 38 to 3 and luther beat bv 44 to 9 uh, in their last competitions this week so uh then those like i said those schools are off until until regionals yep. so we'll, we can jump into this later um with the lower midwest regionals but just uh uh get this out there for for everybody uh watching uh, the lower Midwest regional will be held in Cedar Rapids this year, uh, at the Allied Energy Powerhouse. It's actually usually it's a, like a, a Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, competition. This year it's Thursday, Friday, February 29th, March 1st. Um, I know they were trying to find, uh, places to host because I, I think they were kind of left in a lurch trying to find a place and line energy uh powerhouse i think kind of stepped up here in cedar rapids but it was like gotta shift it because we've got stuff on that weekend so it's a thursday friday uh competition this year uh 
not that that really makes much of a difference for the competitors, um, but hopefully uh, uh, some good crowds can get out to, to watch some really good wrestling that Thursday and Friday on the 29th and uh, March 1st. I think they've been flexible on that through the last four or five years. I was going through, because I think it was, sometimes it was Friday, Saturday, sometimes it was Saturday, Sunday. Uh, uh, it could have even been Thursday, Friday, but you know, so I think they're flexible, probably based on what you're saying, the available availability of the, of the arena. Now I do know that they added at, at least four teams, maybe even five teams to, an, to the, to the regional that already had 20 or 21 in it. I mean, it's crazy. And so they had to add three extra officials. And uh, I mean, it's like, the, you know, come on, the lower Midwest is already the best of the six regions. <laughs> and now we're adding, five, you know, good. That's good. The growth is there, but let's kind of balance this out for goodness sakes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, between the lower and the upper Midwest, those two regionals are, you know, that upper Midwest has like a, a lacrosse, Augsburg, all those Wisconsin schools and Minnesota schools. So, Me you know, you know, between those two, both of them are, like you said, meat grinders for sure. Oh, good. <laughs> that way, that way, John Carroll and Stevens Institute of Technology can get extra qualifiers in. Yeah. I do know I that one of the sarcasm. Did you feel the sarcasm in my voice? In my response. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did. I do know one of the officials that was added, actually, two of them I, I, I'm aware of. Uh, Keith Fulman is added to the regional. And uh, and then uh, Kent Susker from here in Seattle, oh. so good for for Kent. He'll, uh, he'll be able to cover that. Um, one other thing to to note quickly: uh, Warburg, Warburg with a win over Loris. Um, I believe it was uh, thirty-eight to, to three, maybe. Um, but that win, uh locked up their 41st uh, conference dual title between the American Rivers Conference and Iowa Conference. Um, they improved to 15-1 overall, 8-0 uh, in the ARC. And uh, that uh, that championship marks uh, the most, uh, most conference championships by any team in any sport uh, in, the, in the ARC. about that <laughs> <laughs> yep so uh you know we've seen uh teams challenge him uh loris i think uh right uh, a handful of years ago uh beat him and, and broke that string of championships um and then uh as we mentioned last week you know could have ended in a three-way tie but um Uh, Warburg prevented that. Loris uh, got a win from Gabe Pfizer at 157. Um, of course, the son of Travis Pfizer um, wrestling for the Dewhawks there. Um, Joe Pins with a tech fall. I think we've mentioned this uh, in the past, but he extended his record. Um, he's 20 and 0 now uh, for the Knights, but. Uh, it's his uh, 16th technical fall of the season, um, and he's got 41 in his career for for the Knights to uh, the, 
and that's a a program record. So uh, he continues to to do well for uh, for Warburg. Right, and uh, you know, I'm, a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, I'm betting he wishes he had a pin in, in the Augsburg meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that true. Might have been the difference. And then secondly, uh, you know, Cross Canone had that record before, and then and then uh, I think it was at 38 or something to that effect. And uh, Joe's Pat sat, and uh, and again with the with the three point takedown, uh, not that he wouldn't broke broken it anyway. I'm sure he would have, but right. We just it's a little bit easier now, right now, and and obviously uh, we're pulling for Joe. Good guy, good family, really like him, and uh, good wrestling people for sure. Um, hey, I want to backtrack really quick. One thing from uh, the the D one um, content or, or happenings. Uh, want to make mention uh, Tanner Sloan. Uh, he had a nice win this last week. Uh, he beat Stephen Buchanan from Oklahoma. Um, beat him four to one. Uh, Buchanan was ranked second um, at the time. Uh, Sloan was fifth. So, um, a nice victory there for for Sloan with South Dakota State, former Auburnett uh, two time state champion. Um, <laughs> I love it, last year's state runner up, and I love the fact that. You know, he was that close to being a Cohawk because uh, of what he wanted to study and wanted to stay close to home. Um, but made the made the decision to go to South Dakota State. Um, I think, you know, kind of very late in the process. And look what it look what he's he's done. He's became he's become, you know, one of the top uh, wrestlers in the nation at 197. Um, has a, a world medal to show for it, and this week uh, had a nice, nice win at Oklahoma. That sealed uh, their dual win um, over the Sooners, twenty to thirteen, and then uh, he followed it up with a four-zero win over Luke Server, who's ranked fifteenth for Oklahoma State. Even though South Dakota State uh, um, lost that duel to the Cowboys, who the only undefeated teams other than Penn State. Um, and Sloan, uh, 103rd career victory, which puts him 13th all-time in uh, South Dakota State uh, history. National runner-up. Tanner, uh, man, that guy's a competitor. He is. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just farm tough. Let's just say yeah. that. That's, that's, I got to kick it. It was like a couple, uh, maybe a week after he was, uh, he wrestled in the national finals and, and was a uh, runner up. Uh, he was back home shearing sheep, you know, um, where he was most comfortable. I remember seeing that, um, after last year's NCAA tournament. So that tells you, yeah, you know, literally farm tough. Yeah. Um, and just uh, one other thing too, uh, the NWCA uh, coaches released their D1 dual rankings. Uh, no surprise, Penn State, all 14 first place votes, Oklahoma State two, Nebraska three, uh, Iowa drops to four, 
uh, Iowa State's number five, and then uh, UNI number seventeen um, in the rankings. So Nebraska leapfrogs Iowa for for third, and away we go. That's what we talked about: Iowa, Michigan, Nebraska. This is this yeah. <laughs> but Nebraska deserves that. They wrestled Michigan, wrestled them tough. Um, I would I would also add this. Uh, and and uh, most Iowa p- folks probably won't like my comment right here, but uh, Kale Sanderson got his 200th victory over the oh. guys. And what Kale Sanderson has done in the short time that he's been at at, uh, at Penn State is is nothing short of phenomenal. I mean, that guy is. I mean, I don't have all the stats in front of me, but in, I what has he been there? Ten or twelve years, maybe. And he, I mean, he's had multiple national championships, multiple conference championships you know, how many uh, national champions and, and multi-time national champions and now potential four-time national champions. It's it's incredible. So, I mean, good for him. But uh, like I said, a lot of Iowans don't want to hear that. But yeah, yeah. It is what it is, man. Salt in the wound uh, a little bit, but, yeah. you know, I also think they appreciate, uh, um, you know, successful wrestling. I so, uh Coach Briggs, why don't you send us out? Let's keep Russell on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.